North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's getting $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello, all of you lovely people. You listen to Dr. Low Radio. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Noel, naturopathic doctor, and you are listening to the very best in natural medicine and nutrition. Thanks for coming back for another show. I am really looking forward to tonight's show. This is a friend of mine who's on, and it's fun when my friends on the show because I just get to just kind of shoot the sh- shoot the you know what it's called. <laughs> um, and Jimmy is the coolest. We have Jimmy Moore on the show. He just released his brand new book, Cholesterol Clarity. What the HDL do we know about cholesterol? That's the real question. And um, he is really, he's amazing. He has his own personal story and done a lot of research on this topic. So we're going to jump in in just a second. Before we do that, just want to um, give you guys a really exciting announcement if you haven't heard the last couple of shows. I am opening my own clinic, Shine Natural Medicine. And uh, we are about a week away. (laughs) It's been lots of adventures in getting this thing open. And uh, the floors are installed. The cabinets are going up. The walls are painted. The floorboard is going in. It's just this whole beautiful makeover. And um, it's just really exciting creating this space that I've been seeing in my head and these colors and just, it's just, it's like art. This is so much fun that I'm doing this. Um, I can't wait for you guys to see it. If you're in the San Diego area, definitely stop by. Hopefully we'll be open next week. Um, stay tuned for updates on my website, uh, drlaurennoel.com. And the website for Shine is being built as we speak. Um, and we're going to have a grand opening celebration, and I'm scheduling it far enough out that you guys can all mark your calendars and be there. It's November 9th, that's including you too, Jimmy. Um, Saturday, November 9th at 6 o'clock is the Shine Grand Opening Celebration Party. So you guys are all invited. We're going to have a really good food, really good music, drinks. Um, I'm just finalizing which charity I'd like to uh, donate money to, but I found this really cool local charity called Second Chance, and they take kids, like inner-city kids, you know, troubled youth, and take them out to the farms and teach them how to grow food. Like, I had, like, a total soul orgasm when I was at the, the farmer's market on, on Saturday. I was like, what? That's what guys do. That's incredible. I'm thinking I'm probably going to bring these guys in and raise some money for their organization. Um Let's see, what other little updates? If you missed last week's show, I really liked it. I had Dr. Deborah Rice on. She's a friend of mine as well, and she is a naturopathic doctor, and she specializes in um, pediatric and um, women's health. So it's all about healthy mamas and babies. If you're a young mom or about to have a baby, check out that show. And uh, next week, I'm going to have Dr. Paul Anderson on. He is a naturopathic doctor slash comedian. He's super funny. And we're going to be talking about um, injectable nutrients, so IVs and shots. So one of my passions, for sure, something I use a lot in my practice. So tune in to next week's show, and I think that's about it. So we have Jimmy Moore on. He is the host of the popular Live in La Vida Low Carb, and he uh, has just released a book, Cholesterol Clarity, and it's a wonderful read. If you guys haven't picked it up, go on and check out that book for sure. Um, you can buy that on Amazon. 
and uh, we'll just let him tell his his story. So, Jenny, thanks so much for being back on the show, and welcome to Dr. Low Radio. It's cool to be back on Dr. Low Radio. <laughs> <laughs> it's the place to be. And thank you in advance for being here after your bedtime. I appreciate that. Yeah, th- this is usually the time of night, and it's all your fault, Lauren, because uh, <laughs> uh, my circadian rhythms are spot on. So here on the East Coast, it's past 9 p.m. By this time, my melatonin levels are starting to kick in. So, uh, yeah, so if I get a little kind of dopey during this hour, you'll know why. Yeah, got it. Because <laughs> you're usually sharp as a tack, so no dopey Jimmy. Uh, <laughs> try to be. <laughs> so what's, what's new in your world? What's going on in, over there in Jimmy's world? Oh, man, it's just, uh, it's been crazy since the book came out August 27th. Uh, it's done extremely well. Uh, been, you know, one of the top new releases in nutrition on the Amazon charts. Uh, it's kept me quite busy. And, and this is like my 40th podcast interview I've done for this book. So uh, I have a lot of friends in this arena. <laughs> Keep it fresh, Jimmy. Don't do the whole, the broken record reel for me, okay? Oh, no, no, no. I, I, I've changed things up. Trust me. Ask me anything you want, Lauren. I, I think I, I, at this point I should know everything there is to know about cholesterol. Well, I tried really hard to get you as the first person, but it just didn't work out. So I'll just have to get yeah. a rerun version. I'm just kidding. I listened to a few other um, shows that you did, and they, they didn't seem similar to each other at all. So you're good at keeping it fresh. <laughs> cool. We'll do yeah. that again tonight. Of course. So, you know, you've been on the show, I think it was several months ago, we talked a little bit um, about, you know, I think it was um, ketosis. We did a show on nutritional ketosis, which is great. Yep. A lot of yep. people really love that one. And, um, you know, I think you shared a little bit about your story with that, but just kind of take a step back and, and let us know kind of why you decided to go down this road, why you wrote this book. Just give us your, your own personal story because it's incredible. Thank you. So back in 2004, I decided to go on the Atkins diet because my mother-in-law actually gave me a copy of Dr. Atkins' New Diet Revolution, and I thought the guy was, wow, how can you eat fat and not gain weight? How can you cut carbs in that where you're supposed to get your energy from? And so I gave it a go, and it was January 1st, 2004. I lost 30 pounds in the first month. Now, that doesn't now sound like a whole lot when you start at 410 pounds, but, you know, you take what you can get, and 30 pounds is pretty cool. And I was like, okay, something's good about what I'm doing. And by the end of the second month, I lost another 40 pounds. By the end of 100 days, I've lost 100 pounds. And by the end of the year, I've lost 180 total pounds. Whoa. Yeah. Good gracious. So, Lauren, I'm getting a bit of an echo of my voice every time I'm talking. Can you hear that? No, it's not an echo on my end. Is it distracting for you? It's a little distracting. I had to pull my headphones off while I was saying all that. Okay, I'm going to turn the volume down on my side. Is that a little bit better? Let me talk. Yep, that's it. Okay, perfect. I I mean, I I like Jimmy more, but I don't like him that much. (laughs) (laughs) Problem solved. Take it away. Go ahead. Cool. So uh, at the end of that year, I thought, you know what, my doctor is going to be so proud of me. He's going to be like, man, you are a rock star. You uh, absolutely, uh, you know, blew it out of the water with your weight loss success. 
um, and your health has got to be better now as a result of that. So I was excited, Lauren, to go and talk to my doctor. And he said, oh, yeah, real impressed by the weight loss. That's great. But let's look at your cholesterol. And I said, mm-hmm. okay, no problem. So we get the cholesterol numbers run, and I get the uh, numbers back from him. And my HDL had risen from, like, the low 20s up to 72. Pretty amazing. Whoa. Yeah. And my triglycerides, I, I didn't have exact triglycerides because I didn't even know what a triglyceride was before I started Atkins, but uh, my triglycerides fell to 43, which, again, was pretty rocking and rolling. Mm-hmm. And so I was fully expecting some high fives about my lipid panel from my doctor. Now, this was back in 2005, right after I lost 180 pounds. And I go into the doctor's office, and you would have thought I kicked the, the guy's dog. That's mm-hmm. the look he had on his face. And I'm like, what's wrong? He said, man, your cholesterol numbers are horrible. And I said, but mm. my HDL was 72. Isn't that a really good number? Oh, yeah, that's a great number. But you need to be on a statin drug. And I was hmm. like, wait a minute. So my triglycerides, 43, have you ever seen it that low in any of your patients? Oh, no, that's the lowest I've ever seen. But you still need to be on a statin drug. So, Lauren, all he was looking at was total cholesterol and LDL cholesterol to make his decision about whether I had a statin drug deficiency or not. And what so, numbers were those? Yeah, I'm getting to that. So oh, my sorry, total cholesterol sorry. was that's all right. My total cholesterol was two eighty five, mm-hmm. which is high by by most medical standards. That's pretty darn high, and one eighty five for LDL cholesterol. So I had been on both Lipitor and Crestor before I started a low carb diet in two thousand four, because my high cholesterol at that time was somewhere around two thirty five, two forty, and mm-hmm. so. I had taken those drugs in the past, and they gave me such bad joint pain, muscle aches. They were just bad news for me, um, and I did not want to go back on them again after experiencing those severe side effects. Of course, little did I know that was actually light side effects compared to what a lot of people go through. Um, but it really started me on this journey, that conversation with my doctor right after losing the weight almost 10 years ago now, it started me on this journey of, you know what, there's more to this cholesterol story than we've been told. And mm-hmm. I think cholesterol clarity at that point was already starting to be written in my head. And, of course, over the years I've been able to interview everybody, and I know exactly who to contact for my book uh, to be experts uh, quoted throughout my book, um, you know, that know what they're saying when it comes to cholesterol. Mm-hmm. Now, if you could rewind time, and now knowing you know from talking to all these experts and doing all the research you've done and the book you've written, what do you think your doctor should have done? I think he should have praised me for the HDL going up. That's a good question, by the way. Uh, HDL going way up because Mm -hmm. I think that's a critical uh, part of your panel that is totally ignored usually. Um, Mm -hmm. And and sometimes even ignored to the detriment of your health because your HDL cholesterol could be very high, which would possibly push your total cholesterol into that quote-unquote danger zone that you would need a statin drug. In fact, I just got an email about three weeks ago from a lady who was all upset because her doctor was pushing a statin for her 225 total cholesterol. 
So mm-hmm. I inquired further. I said, you know, what's your HDL look like? Oh, it's 105 of that. And mm-hmm. I went, what? I mean, it, that's the kind of lunacy that we live in. We live in a society now that is treating a number, one right. number, as the be-all, end-all about your state of health. And you know as a naturopathic physician, a patient is much more than any lab value would ever say. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where we are. And, and you know, what what would my doctor, what should he have said as well? Triglycerides. Oh, my gosh. 43, he should be lauding that as, wow, you're doing something really well for your body. Um, he should have also run a CRP level, which is the uh, high-sensitivity C-reactive protein number. That's a key inflammation marker. And if inflammation was low, really the cholesterol level doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then if he was still worried about my heart health, have a CT heart scan done, have a, a CIMT done. I mean, there's all sorts of things that you can look for actual disease taking place, again, rather than focusing so obsessively on numbers. Mm-hmm. And for people who don't know CIMT, so that's the, the, um, the imaging that's done on the carotid, right, in the neck. That's right. Yep. I'm okay. having one done actually tomorrow morning. Hey, cool. Hey, I can't wait. Uh, I was just thinking about that myself. I want to do like a, a CIMT day at the clinic and just have all my patients come and do their scan and see see how they're doing. I want to do one myself, Mark, actually. I so. think that would be an invaluable service to your patients. Uh, the, yeah, shine on, girl. <laughs> <laughs> shine on, shine on. I like that. I've never used that term. I dig that. There you go. Trademark. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, sweet. So, um <laughs> You know, um, one of the things that I, I and I and I love that you said treating the patient, not the labs. I talk about that a lot with patients that, you know, we're always yep. going to listen to what your symptoms are and take those into account when looking at the labs. Because I'm not just treating your numbers. I'm treating you, you know. Right. So I, I love that you said that. And then also, too, that cholesterol is incredibly important for the body. I mean, there's times where I'm my goal is to raise, one of, you know, my patient's cholesterol. So, <laughs> There's a, it's, it's sort of like the Goldilocks. You need to have it just right. You know, it can be too low, too high. And so you got to have that, that, that really important balance there. So um, let's kind of talk a little bit about what's, what's so great about cholesterol. You know, it's often, I think it's villainized quite a bit, and cholesterol is where it's at. So what are some of the benefits of having cholesterol? Man, if, if people even realize just how essential cholesterol was, I, I bet if Jay Leno went out on the street and, hey, uh, <laughs> what kind of cholesterol level would be perfect? You know, people would say zero. Right. But that would totally. be totally ignorant of the fact that your body needs cholesterol. In fact, it's essential to your life. Without it, you would die. Um, every cell in your body requires uh, cholesterol to repair themselves. You have hormone control. You've got proper absorption of the vitamin D from the sun, um, salt and water balance, digestion of fats. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Sounds like something you might want a little more of, right? So, mm-hmm. so here, here we are vilifying a very life-sustaining substance, and yet it is arguably uh, better to have more of it than less of it. Mm. Better to have more of it than less of it. And isn't there actually research that shows that low cholesterol can be dangerous? Yeah, we have a whole chapter on this. Uh, 
what do you mean my cholesterol is too low? And in there we give a uh, an example of a very famous person who died back in 2008. It was Tim Russert, who was the host of Meet the Press on NBC. And he went to his doctor one month before having his heart attack that killed him. And the doctor said, you are the picture of heart health. You want to know why he thought that Tim Russert was the picture of heart health? His total cholesterol was 105. Mm. So on paper, Tim Russert did look like the picture of heart health if heart health was predicated on total cholesterol because 105, that's about the lowest total cholesterol I think I've ever heard of, um, at least in a real person. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so... One month later, he dies in preparation for his show on one Sunday morning. He died of his very first heart attack. Why did that happen? Well, number one, cholesterol is not the reason for heart disease. Inflammation is, and his CRP levels were off the charts high. He -hmm. also had a heart scan score done, and it was over 500. So these are telltale signs of actual disease taking place, but his doctor was telling him how heart healthy he was simply because his total cholesterol came in at a level that they saw as desirable, and yet had he had a 300 cholesterol, he might have been saved because Mm -hmm. the cholesterol might have been able to deal with that inflammation. But since they were removing the cholesterol from his body vis-a-vis a low-fat diet, from statin drug, he was also doing he was riding a bicycle every day. Um, he was doing all the things that he was told to do, heart healthy, and yet in the end, where did it get him? Mm, poor guy, it's such a such a tragic story because he was just doing everything he was told to do. He was like the perfect yep. patient. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's happening over and over again from you know people every single day. I mean, I just heard about a guy from my church. Had uh, you know had to have triple bypass surgery, um, you know, and it, the people are living their lives thinking they're doing the right things for their heart, and the very things they're being told to do to be heart healthy are exactly the things that are making them not heart healthy. Mm-hmm. What about other risks risks of having low cholesterol? You know, I tell my patients that we're we're basically fat heads walking around. You know, our brains are made of fat, <laughs> so if you have low cholesterol, that can definitely affect brain function. Oh my gosh! Yeah, this was a this was a big finding. I think it's going to be shocking to a lot of people, and may get them off of statin drugs too. Statins <laughs> have their own side effects, but just having too low a cholesterol, you have bouts of suicide, you have depression. I mean, people don't realize cholesterol really makes that brain function well, uh, which is why I don't mind eating lots of eggs in my diet because they got plenty <laughs> of cholesterol in them. Um, and, and I'm able to function well that way. And, and I, I think that's probably one of the unintended consequences of the low-fat diet propaganda is it's made people cut their saturated fat, cut their cholesterol, and what it has done in the process is it's made us a little more loony. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, gosh, you know, anti-depression um, drugs are right up there, right under, you know, Lipitor. So I think that's not a coincidence. Yeah, and we just saw an example of that this week, unfortunately. And, you know, I'm I'm not saying that that particular one example is, is one uh, that was nutritionally based, but it makes you think about, you know, why are there so many people dealing with these mental health issues suddenly? You know, it seems like they're just coming out of nowhere, Um you know, I, I can't help but wonder how much of that is, is nutrition-related. 
Yeah. And there's even studies finding that low cholesterol is associated with violent behavior. I'm looking at a study right now. It said below 180 is considered low yep. cholesterol, and that's associated with um, with violent behavior. So in- interesting. And they're thinking of lowering the total cholesterol uh, requirements to 170. So isn't that really interesting? Hmm. Yeah, it's bizarre. Um, so, you know, I, I love how um, in your book, I mean, your, your book is awesome, Jimmy. You definitely poured your heart and soul into this thing. I can tell you really worked your butt off on it. So just want to put you. that out there right off the bat. It's, it's a really good book. Um, and in your book, you're, you have, you know, isn't, isn't cholesterol, aren't, aren't cholesterol guidelines based on solid science, right? I mean, that's what people <laughs> think, right? Aren't these numbers solid? So what, what's going on with that? Well, there is this thing called the ATP uh, guidelines that basically uh, are the guidelines for cholesterol, kind of like we have dietary guidelines. How's that working for you? Mm. Um, Yeah, so the ATP guidelines, the last update was about 10 years ago, and they've been working on a new update forever, Um, was ostensibly supposed to come out late this year, maybe next year, but since I published the book, I've since found out it's probably never going to come. Um, yeah, there are mm-hmm. guidelines, but they try to find what's called level one evidence. And unfortunately, level one evidence research is just not taking place anymore on, on any of these markers on the cholesterol panel. So things like what we talk about in the book, the LDL particle size and the LDL particles, and those things just aren't getting the traction that they need in the research world to be given that level one evidence. Now, the only thing that does have level one evidence because it happened in the 1990s when they thought cholesterol was the evil part of heart disease is LDL cholesterol. And so Mm -hmm. that's kind of why they've stuck with that mantra of LDL needs to be, uh, was it under 100 or if you had a heart type event, event, it will be 70. Um, You know, that's what's going to stick until we get off of this ATP guidelines being the be-all, end-all. And unfortunately, you know, hidden inside of that message is, well, you also need to cut your saturated fat intake. You also need to cut your salt intake, your cholesterol intake. So it's all of these messages that have been out there from literally decades-old science. They're not paying attention to any of the new science that has come out in recent years. It's one of the reasons I wanted to write Cholesterol Clarity to help bring that to the forefront and say, hey, well, hey, look, if they're not going to pay attention to what the science is saying, let's get it out there into the public eye and let them make the decision about what's best for their health. Mm-hmm. Now, any kind of negative research that's been done on villainizing saturated fat, has any of that ever been conducted on grass-fed meat, you know, pasture-raised anything, I mean, organic sources, or is it just based on, you know, the feedlot? animals and I can tell you're asking that and you already know the answer so uh, no (laughs) they've never done any uh, research of grass-fed or pastured or quality real food health uh, you know healthy food sources it's it's never been done Lauren and 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 probably never will be done as long as there is an industrialized food system and that's just the sad reality of, of where we live. Although, uh, i got to tell you, if you haven't seen Chipotle put out this three-minute video, have you seen this yet? 
Oh, I haven't. I, I saw it on Facebook, but I haven't actually take, taken a look oh, at it. Oh, you've got to watch that because it's actually pretty good. Now, I, I'm no fan of Chipotle because I think they do some things wrong, but this ad is just amazing. Kind of pulls the the curtain back on the whole industrialized food system that we live in. Um, you know, and 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 that's the reality. That's where we live in 2013. And yet it's real food sources that are going to, you know, make the changes, uh, you know, that's going to help our health. I love Chipotle. They're just so transparent. I really, really love that company. They they had some issues, though. A couple of years ago, I tweeted something uh, to them about why they're using canola oil instead of, you know, why not try maybe coconut oil or something? And they said, well, coconut oil clogs your arteries because it's got saturated fat in it. Oh, went, never what? mind, never mind. <laughs> Forget what I just said. I mean, they're certainly the best of the chain restaurants. They're definitely the best of those. But, yeah, they have their own issues. And, you know, I, I understand there's no perfect company, and, and certainly I would support them before I would McDonald's. But, come on, yeah. coconut oil well, is a good real food-based food. Well, lucky for Chipotle, we've set the bar quite low on good restaurants nowadays, so they're doing pretty good. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, I love the names of your your uh, titles, by the way. Why low fat ain't all that? So what's up with that chapter? <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to kind of uh, take the health halo away from low fat diets um, because unfortunately, when you say like heart healthy or you say healthy, what's the first thing that pops in people's heads? It's salads tofu, you know, uh, chicken breast. So they think of all these foods, what do they have in common? They're low in fat. And Mm -hmm. and so it goes back to that whole idea that fat is clogging your arteries, giving you heart disease, making you have a heart attack. I mean, I even see it on the television. You know, we sit here and watch these comedies, my wife and I, and we watch them on television, and sometimes they'll – like Mike and Molly is a real popular one on CBS right now, and they'll talk about, oh, well, you've got to watch your, your cholesterol levels, so have the turkey mm-hmm. bacon instead. And I'm going, really? I'm trying to get away from nutrition and diet, and you're sitting there throwing this in my face in prime time. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I can't avoid it. And so I, I wanted to write why low-fat ain't all that so that people realize Low-fat diets have problems in and of themselves, not the least of which is, by the very definition, a low-fat diet is one that's generally higher in carbohydrate, and that higher carbohydrate intake is going to mess with your triglycerides, it's going to lower your HDL cholesterol, it's going to make your small, dense LDL particles much more prevalent, you're at a greater risk for heart disease eating that way than you ever would be eating a high-fat, low-carb diet. Mm, amen. So you mentioned some of the basic values that a doctor would run, which is your total cholesterol, your LDL, your HDL, your triglycerides. It's pretty much, you know, the run-of-the-mill kind yep. of labs. And those have many shortcomings. It misses a lot of information, like inflammation. We're not seeing the particle sizes. Um, so in your book, you have in Chapter 20, eight advanced health markers that you should consider. And if people can't get them from their doctor, they can order them themselves, which is nice to empower themselves. Now, it's, of course, it's nice to have a doctor who wants to work with you and obviously help you interpret these and put together a treatment. But if you don't have access to that, you can kind of go around the system and 
order some labs. So what are some of these health markers that people should be considering? Yeah, definitely one that I encourage a lot of people to run because I, I just think it tells you so much more than your LDLC number, which, by the way, LDLC, people put so much stock in that one, and that's the one on your, your typical standard uh, lipid panel. LDLC is only a calculated number. A lot of people don't realize that, Lauren. They they just assume, well, LDLC is 140, so that's exactly 140. Well, no. Uh, it's estimated based on something called the Friedwald equation. So they take all your other numbers and they subtract those away, and, and what's left is what they think is your LDL. Well, the only problem with that is the Friedwald equation can be way off, especially if your triglycerides are low, like mine right now are 37. Or if your HDL is high, mine right now is 79. So it'll show that the LDLC is really strange. And so the problem is it's not an exact science, and yet people are treating it as such. So if you want to get an exact science, why not actually measure the amount of LDL particles that are in your blood? So the test that does that here in America, and it's only available in America, unfortunately. It's not around the world because the lab is in uh, Durham, North Carolina, or Raleigh, North Carolina, LipoScience is the name of the lab. But the NMR lipo profile test kind of gives you the, the, the story behind your LDL because LDL is not just one number. Everybody says, what's your LDL? Well, it depends on what you're talking about. Is it LDLC or LDL? which is one of those markers in that chapter you just mentioned, um, you definitely want to know what your total LDL particle number is. So that's one. Mm -hmm. um, and then as a subset of that, the small LDLP um, is a huge factor. So once you figure out how many LDL particles you have, you want to know what percentage, how much of that LDLP number are the small kind. The small, dense LDL particles are the ones you don't want. So the lower that number, the better. So, for example, if your LDLP is 1,000, ideally you want the small LDLP to be 200 or less. So really 20% of that total um, is usually a good gauge. Um, and, and small LDLP, guess how you get more of those? <laughs> you eat more carbs in your diet, more than your body can handle. You have vegetable oils in your diet. That will increase your small LDLP. They really are, uh, as, as one of my um, experts in the book, Dr. William Davis from Wheat Valley, he says it's far and away the number one cause of heart disease, these small well, LDLP. Jimmy, that sounds like the uh, food guide pyramid to me. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, it's not <laughs> far off. And, and unfortunately, again, people have bought into the lie that, ooh, let me follow. The government, uh, they, they must have hired all these great experts to come up with these perfect guidelines and, and come up with this food pyramid, my plate, whatever they want to call it now. Um, and the problem is people trust that. And, I mean, I, I'm not any anti-government person, but, I mean, it sure does make you go, what the heck were they thinking? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so LDLP, and they should get see you know the small dense LDL versus the big fluffy LDL. What else? Yeah. Yeah. What other tests are I'm there, sorry. Jimmy? Oh, what other tests? Okay, 
Sorry, I'm getting a little bit of a delay. I think we're delayed about three seconds from each other, so it's hard to hear. Um, another one is high-sensitivity C-reactive protein. So this CRP number really is the key inflammation marker in the blood. That's the one that if, if you want to know if inflammation is present in the blood and if you care about your heart health, you better darn well know if you have inflammation going on in your body somewhere. So... Uh, the high-sensitivity C-reactive protein, literally any doctor can have that run. It's a separate blood test, and wonderful, wonderful, wonderful if you want to know how you're doing with your inflammation. Ideally, you want that um, under 1, if possible. My current one, Lauren, is 0.55. So hey, pretty good. go, Jimmy. Hey. And then another one is your um, glucose tolerance test. This is one that's not talked about a whole lot. Um, and fasting blood sugar, I mean, literally anybody can go grab a glucometer. And I've been encouraging everybody and their mama to go buy a glucometer at your local pharmacy, get you some test strips. And You know I'm an avid tester. I test my blood every day for both blood sugar, blood ketones. I mean, I, I'm always self-testing, but I think it, it really tells the tale of how you're doing, how foods respond to you. Um, so get yourself a glucometer, and you can really see um, how well you're doing. One of my experts um, in that chapter uh, was Dr. Rocky Patel. He's a guy out of Gilbert, Arizona, who is a medical doctor, but he's very nutrition-minded. And he says he regularly runs oral glucose tolerance tests and fasting blood sugar on his patients because it will tell him just really um, you know, how likely they are to have uh, diabetic tendencies, uh, you know, leaning towards heart disease. You just got to know where you stand and try to find a normal fasting blood glucose level in the 80s. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't sound like rocket science, and it's really not when you're eating the right way. Okay. What else? Well, there's some kind of advanced ones that might be a little complicated to talk about in a book called Cholesterol Clarity. We tried to make it as clear <laughs> as possible. Um, there's one called APOE Genotype, um, and APOE um, is is the, what it's short the, the short name for it. APOE. It, it's kind of a tricky one because we all come into the world with two APOE genes: one from your mom, one from your dad. Uh, it comes as a two, three, or four. So you've got 2, 2, 2, 3, 3, 3, 3, 4, 4, 4. So basically about two-thirds of the population is 3, 3, and that, that's what I happen to be is a 3, 3. Um, but find out what your genotype is. You only have to run it one time. It's a genetic test, and at least you know um, that you have genetic tendencies that your APOE genotype calls for. And so the, the worst one of all is to be an APOE genotype of 4, 4. That's the absolute worst one. In fact, uh, Dr. Davis, again, um, was one of the experts in the book, and he said these people have bad problems with heart disease. Um, It's not impossible for them to try to beat that, but it certainly is a lot more difficult. Um, And definitely somebody with a 3-4 also uh, will have that issue as well. Um, twos also have their own issues, and we talk all about this in the book. Um, that was kind of a hard chapter to make it clear and understandable and and not confuse the heck out of people, but mm-hmm. I thought it was important to put in there um, that your genes do matter, maybe not as much as we've been told. That, oh, I've, I've just genetically uh, 
have high cholesterol. Well, some people do. There is this thing called familial hypercholesterolemia that, you know, you really maybe should be aware of as well. I, I did actually have that run myself, Lauren, because my cholesterol has always been high, and they've always assumed that I had FH. Well, I had it run. I had the test run from Ambry Genetics, $1,200 test, and Ooh. no, I don't have familial hypercholesterolemia. <laughs> and so... Don't feel like you have to run that test just to prove whether you are or not. I did it for my book, but it's one of those things. Don't assume, too, that you have a genetic tendency. Just do your due diligence, you know, eat the right way, and your numbers will be exactly where they need to be. Now, coming from the man who loves fat, you know, if someone has 4-4 four, four, or 3-4, what's the best way that they should be eating? Because according to, to the information that, that I've gathered is that it's, it's, you know, fat might not be best for those people, but what's your take on it? Yeah, I remember Dr. Davis was very adamant that um, it's not a low-fat diet, but it's certainly less fat than what, like, say, I would be doing right now with my nutritional ketosis. Um, but but I think it's a methodical thing. You have to kind of go through, um, you got to go through a process. I think the first mm-hmm. thing is cutting the carbs down. Um, that's mm-hmm. definitely point number one. You got to get the carbs down. Um, but then maybe just maybe those people are are such hyper responders to the fat that they need to even cut that down. So it, it's tricky business, and that's why we rely on medical professionals like yourself to really kind of vet through and personalize, customize what the right plan would be for that patient. Mhm. Yeah, very very customized. And and looking at the whole picture with the inflammation and That's and right. people forget that carbs turn into fat. So yeah, maybe this person should have lower fat in their body, but at the same time having a bunch of carbs is going to turn into fat, so that contributes to the problem. So it's not fat That's isn't right. always the villain. <laughs> as we've yeah, and definitely it, and it yeah. seems, absolutely. It seems like the carbohydrates are the kind of the first uh, target, and then if that's not enough, I, I would even say maybe even moderate the protein because of the gluconeogenesis effect of consuming too much protein. And then at, if at that point you've done those things and you're still not seeing the proper improvements, then cut the fat back and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now, is it possible that someone could actually eat a diet with zero cholesterol? and have high cholesterol. Absolutely. <laughs> how is this possible, Jim? That you're Break wondering how. <laughs> well, um, I, I'll kind of take the flip side of that and then answer the question. The flip side is um, I was attending a conference in your neck of the woods, San Diego, earlier this year, and it was an obesity conference, a bunch of medical doctors. I was like the only non-medical doctor there. It's always fun being at those events. And I heard Dr. Peter Atia give a talk on cholesterol, of all things. I was in the midst of writing this book, and I was like, oh, okay, well, let's listen to see if he says anything I haven't heard before. So he made a quote, and I, I put it in the book, of how 85% of the cholesterol you consume never hits your bloodstream. It never even like even changes your cholesterol levels in your blood at all. It's excreted. Only 15% actually make it into the bloodstream. So this whole hysteria about lowering cholesterol and let's eat these low cholesterol foods and uh, cholesterol-free, I've seen that as a health claim on a lot of foods, 
cholesterol-free or naturally cholesterol-free. I'm going, really? You know, what, what's the point here? And so, no, cholesterol, uh, I'm sorry, what was the original question one more time? <laughs> How can someone, could someone actually eat a cholesterol-free diet and have high cholesterol? That's right. So so there, there's part of your answer. You can eat all the cholesterol in the world and only 15% of it's getting absorbed. The mm-hmm. rest of it's excreted. And so you can actually eat saturated fat um, and raise your HDL cholesterol very well. Um, you could eat carbohydrates to your heart's content, and you would raise your VLDL, which is just a subset. Uh, it's your triglycerides divided by five, um, and raise your triglycerides. So if you're looking to raise your HDL or raise your um, cholesterol, definitely consuming carbohydrates would do that. The unfortunate thing is it raises the wrong kind of cholesterol. <laughs> Um, and, and that's one thing we tried to distinguish in cholesterol clarity was there are such things as good cholesterol and such things as bad cholesterol, and it may not be the good and bad that you've heard about before. Mm-hmm. And so your chapter fourteen, are, you, yeah, in chapter fourteen, you talked about nine reasons why your cholesterol can go up, and this is way more than just you're eating, you know, a bunch of fat and boom, you have high cholesterol. I mean, and you did mention a couple of these. What are what are some other ones you can share with? us and i don't want to give your book away because it's amazing and i won't ever buy it but give us some teasers (laughs) sure sure so uh, one of my favorite ones uh, that people are shocked about is weight loss Uh, and as you know and and you talked about the last time i was on i talked about nutritional ketosis um you know i was in the midst of weight loss over this past year i ended up losing a total of 78 pounds in the one-year experiment Well, right smack dab in the middle of all that, I'd lost maybe 45, 50 pounds. I went to my local Sam's Club who was having a uh, total cholesterol uh, fair, and so they were testing your cholesterol for you for free. I said, okay, just for fun, let's go have it run right in the midst of this weight loss. And so I had it tested, and the lady looked up at me, and she she looked like she saw a ghost. I said, well... (laughs) What, what what's the, what's wrong what's the uh, what's the number she said it's bad i said yeah i know it's bad what's the number 419 Ooh. and i went okay cool and she thought i was out of my mind cuz i thought that was cool but 6 months later once i became weight stable i finished the almost 80 pound weight loss i had and i've been weight stable for about a month or two I tested again. I went back to Sam's Club, and the the lady uh, tested my blood and, again, was shocked because it was still pretty high. I said, well, what's the number? 306. Mm, wow. And so it it fell by over 100 points in about six months. Why did it do that? Well, when you're losing weight, your your lipids can just go crazy on you. And so don't ever test your cholesterol, especially at a – at a traditional doctor, uh, never test your cholesterol in the midst of active weight loss because that's a sure sign of you're going to be on a statin drug very soon. Right, no so, kidding. <laughs> so that's that's one. Um, another one that might be shocking to people um, and one that I actually had to deal with myself was number six in that chapter, the dangers of chronic bacterial infection, especially in the teeth, I had root canals in my 20s, and I had mercury amalgams. I know, it's horrible. 
mm-hmm. put in in my 20s as well because I had a really good dental plan with the law firm I worked for as a runner at the time. I didn't know any better. I didn't know anything about nutrition at the time, or, nor did I care. And yet it's caught up to me in my early 40s now. Uh, I do care now. And that could be a reason why your cholesterol could be up. You may be having things going on in your mouth. How many doctors are asking their patients, how's your teeth health? I do. You know, I have every get, patient. Oh, I know you I know you do, and, and that's why I love the naturopathic <laughs> profession because you guys look at that and you look at your patients holistically. You know, you're really trying to figure out what's going on, but most medical doctors, they would just see a, a 306 total cholesterol and say, uh, here, take this statin and, and don't come off of it ever. Um, that doesn't really get to the root cause of what caused that cholesterol to go up. So one of the things I've done uh, to address that, I actually paid for a holistic dentist to rip out the mercury amalgams and put in good stuff. And he cleaned up those three root canals that had bad infections in them. Um, and, and I'm doing better now. It was about three months ago. It took a while to heal. <laughs> I was in a lot of pain early on, but mm. it was so worth the pain. And it'll be interesting, Lauren, six months down the road, if I get tested again for my total cholesterol, I wouldn't be surprised if it's dropped 40 or 50 points. Mm-hmm. Well, we've had a holistic dentist on the show before, and gingivitis and periodontal disease, I mean, chronic inflammation in the mouth is the most common source of inflammation in the right. body. And, you know, so that's, it's huge. So yeah, if you're housing all these bacteria, I mean, cholesterol is a protective mechanism. So it's going to protect you from a lot of different things, including infections. So that, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Wow. That's fascinating. Yeah. And the uh, cholesterol people, people don't realize cholesterol is like a firefighter inside your body. You know, people would not say, Oh, look, there's a firefighter at that fire. Why did that firefighter start that fire? You know, <laughs> we wouldn't say that. That would be totally ludicrous. And yet that's exactly what we're doing to cholesterol in the body for going to fight the fire of inflammation. It's the inflammation that's the problem. Let's let the cholesterol, let the firefighter deal with what they're supposed to deal with and stop vilifying them for doing their job. Poor cholesterol. It's totally guilty by association. Yeah. Well, we're we're seeking to change that with cholesterol clarity. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Wow, Jimmy, we kind of flew through this and we're I think we're almost towards the end of our time. Is there any other little tidbits or some topics that you wanted me to bring up or anything you'd, you'd like to share with us? I'm trying to think if there's anything I haven't said on other shows that I can be exclusive to. I did say a few exclusive things for you, but uh, let's see. <laughs> did the particle size? Oh, one of the things we put in here was this whole idea of heart healthy. So when people have these images of heart healthy in their mind, mm-hmm. they automatically gravitate to what is it? all low-fat foods. So it kind of goes back to that low-fat chapter as well. Um, You know, and I think shifting that paradigm, I think getting people over their fat phobia is kind of going to be that last hurdle before people finally accept this. Mm -hmm. Um, And and, and that's one thing we tried to hammer pretty hard in this uh, book was to make sure people realize fat is where it's at. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. where you're going to get 
better HDL, you're going to get lower triglycerides, you're going to get better LDL particle size, mostly the large fluffy kind. You just got to stop fearing the fat. And that's one message I've tried to hammer hard early and often is, look, I eat 80 to 85% fat in my diet. If it was I've supposed seen to you. kill, kill I've me. I've been to the restaurant with you. I've seen you order it. I know. <laughs> I even bring my own butter with me now because, <laughs> because most restaurants don't have near enough butter for me. So uh, I feel like you're the only other person I know that has such a love relationship with butter besides me. I feel like we're kindred spirits from, from a, a butter connection. <laughs> That's why we're buds. That's right. Butter buds. <laughs> we're butter buds. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, yeah, fat's where it's at. You know, like Sally Fallon says, you eat fat, lose fat. You eat fat, your skin That's looks right. better, your hair is better, your mood is better, your sex drive is better, good. your poop is better. I mean, come on. What's not to love? I know. It, it tastes so much better. And I, I just lament all those years that I thought sugar was what made me happy when I could have been a fat, happy guy. All the oil, not not fat as in body fat, but... <laughs> uh, dietary fat happy guy for a long long time ago if I started eating it. <laughs> Where are you at with your experiment by the way? I know you're you're monitoring everything and what's what's the update yeah. with that? So the official experiment ended in May. I started it right after the low carb cruise. Um you you were on that cruise last year with us and I was not happy at that time, weighing over three hundred pounds again. I did end up coming back down to the weight that I was at the end of my original Atkins weight loss. I've pretty much stayed weight stable. Um, I've continued to test and, and, and try different foods to see if I could get away with still keeping the ketones and yet eating this thing that I know will kill my ketones. It's been kind of fun uh, kind of playing with that and oscillating with it and testing blood sugar and blood ketones. Um, I'm continuing to test because my next book is called Keto Clarity, and it's coming out next year in June. And so I'm, cool. I'm kind of uh, monitoring a lot of things because I learned a lot during the one year, but I still feel like there's just so much more to learn in this whole self-testing of it that I, I really want to impart a lot of wisdom, uh, not just from my own personal experience, but from 29 new experts that will help me understand and share with with the readers about ketogenic diets and all the benefits that that uh, brings. So yeah, I'm still testing. I'm I'm nerdy that way. I have I have to keep getting the the quantified self thing going and uh, see how I'm doing and see how you know maybe I can help others in their own journey. Well, I think you found the 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 ideal you know balance for you because I mean you look great. You just seem like you're just just so full of energy. When I saw you at Paleo FX, I was just so happy to see you. Just looked really, really happy. So I think I think what you're doing is working really well. Thank you. And yeah, it seems a little wacky in this world that we live in that fears fat and thinks that you have to eat breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner, snack, midnight snack. And I, I don't even think about food. And, and that's such a revelation um, to me because this was the 410-pound man that used to always think about food and there was never a moment of your life that you didn't think about food and now I can eat a meal and go 16, 19, 24 hours between meals and go, eh, I could eat. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> you eat like once once or twice a day now, right? That's it, once or twice a day. It's very rare 
In fact, I don't even remember the last time I ate more than twice in a day. It just, I, I don't need it anymore. Wow. You, I think you've healed your metabolism, Jimmy. Nice work. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much. Well, um, I think I have taken enough of your precious uh, melatonin time. Um, any other parting words for our listeners? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was sleeping. Um, excuse me, Jimmy. Wake up. <laughs> hey, wake up, boy. So, uh, parting words, I would say become your own best health advocate because, and this is no slight to my, my uh, host I'm talking to tonight, but doctors don't know you as well as you know you. So mm-hmm. become your own best health advocate. Do what's right for you. Stop abdicating your role and responsibility as a patient to your doctor and you take back control of your own health. I did it in 2004, continue to do it here in 2013. You can do it now. Mm-hmm. Yep, amen. Couldn't have said it better, Jimmy. Well, have a wonderful slumber. Thanks for being our guest, and I'm looking forward to seeing you very soon. Awesome, Lauren. Thanks so much. Of course. Talk to you later. See ya. Bye. All right, you guys, that's the show. Thanks for tuning in to another wonderful show. We love Jimmy here. He's always welcome on the show. We'll have to have him back on next year for his next book. Check out Cholesterol Clarity. It's it's written so well. It's just broken down to where you guys can really understand it. And this is complicated stuff. So uh, it's always nice when someone can make it really easy to understand. Uh, So check him out, Live and Live Low Carb. Check out his show and also his book, Cholesterol Clarity. Next week's show, we're going to have Dr. Paul Anderson on. He is a naturopathic doctor. He's super funny, and uh, we're going to be talking all about injectable nutrients, so actually injecting vitamins and minerals in your body. What's the benefit of that? Who is it best for? Um, and, uh, yeah, if you guys have any questions you'd like me to ask him, definitely submit those to me. Go to my website, drlaurennoel.com. You can send over some questions. Um, he's really smart. He's like a walking encyclopedia, which we always love that. So um, thanks Again, for tuning into the show, Shine Natural Medicine opening very, very soon. Mark your calendars. November 9th is the grand opening celebration. So better be there. All right, you guys have a great rest of your week. Bye. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10.